0: Uh, take your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and I'd like to spend a little time this morning uh, dealing with a giant that I think all of us have dealt with a time or two. I'd like to preach, if God will allow me, uh, on the giant of anger, anger. I want to talk about anger today. And uh, a lot of times anger can get the best of us. Uh, It can destroy friendships, destroy marriages, anger, destroy churches, anger, uncontrolled anger. And uh, now not all anger is wrong. We're going to learn that this morning. There is a righteous anger. And uh, that's not when you feel your rights have been violated, but it's clear when God has been violated and his rights or his word has been violated we'll talk about that a little bit the lord showed righteous anger and uh and it's uh, we 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 lose that concept we think if anybody ever shows any anger that's just straight up sin not all anger is sin remember over there when the lord come into the temple and he said there was a bunch of people in there that was selling and buying and they had taken all the room up there and wouldn't allow people to come in and pray. What would he do? He went out, weaved him a whip, come back in, turned the tables over and drove them out. Now we understand from the Bible that God, Jesus never sinned. You say, oh my soul, what was going on? He said, well, the, the zeal of mine house, it's eaten me up. And what was going on there, you had people that were stealing God's time. They were thieving. And people trying to come in and pray. And so they were stealing that time. It made God angry, made the Lord angry, and uh, he took care of it. So not all anger is wrong, especially when you're dealing with God, the things of God. And I've been angry a time or two in the house of God, especially when I have uh, uh, some uh, teenager that's disrupting the whole service because he won't turn his cell phone off. And he's like, oh, my soul. Yeah, you know, kind of get a little upset about that, about third, fourth time that happens, and finally you say something, everybody gets all mad and upset. You know, mommy, daddy, granny, granny granny-roo, and all that stuff. And they're like, well, preacher, you can't get angry. Why not? I said, I thought I handled the thing pretty good. After all, when that happened to the Lord, he turned the tables over on them, drove them out. I didn't quite respond that way. Uh, So I thought I did pretty good with that. But the Bible commands us to be angry. Sin not. And so we're going to talk about this, but we're going to spend the most of our time on the wrong kind of angers. Wrong kind of angers. Now let's read some scripture. Let's get a little uh, context because we're biblicists. We believe in the Bible. The Word of God is our final authority. So Ephesians chapter 4, about verse 1. I want to read verse 1, 2, and 3. And then we're going to jump down the verse 17 read to the end of the chapter. So he says here in verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord... Beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Now that's an important uh, piece of, of information. If you was to read this chapter, next chapter, he talks about our Christian walk probably no less than four times. And he says, he commands the child of God that we need to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called, with all lowliness, oh boy, and meekness, with long suffering for forbearing one another in love, oh, Oh, that's a bad word, ain't it? And then he says, now this is what I want to grab a hold of, and this is why I started here, endeavoring. Endeavoring, it's kind of a word we don't use so much anymore. Endeavoring means that you're going to keep trying, and you're going to work at it until... You'll find what works. As, and it's not pragmatism, it's endeavoring. It means you know there's a deficiency. Let, let me put it to you like this. Uh, um, a lot of times of people, if I'm teaching someone uh, like as an apprentice in, in plastering, there are certain principles that you would teach an apprentice. Maybe in a dojo you would teach certain principles to a student, and they say, well, that just doesn't work for me. It won't work. Well, it's not the principle that's not working. It's you not working the principle correctly. Correctly. And therefore, you need to endeavor. That means keep working it until it begins to work. You hear that, I hear that so much. Well, God's way don't work for me, or that just doesn't work for me. Well, that's because you're not working it right. And that's what he's talking about here. Endeavoring to keep what? The unity of of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Yeah, amen. Amen, that's just going to take some work. Now, come on down to verse 17. And he says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth from the time you get saved on... Walk not as other Gentiles walk. He said, you don't need to be walking like the world. In the vanity of their mind, you're all puffed up in your own mind. He says, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. Then he goes on to say, Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lascivishness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. Amen. If you're saved, that's not what you're learning from the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Not to act that way. If so be that ye have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off, that's part of, he's going back to that endeavoring. You don't put off something as a child of God. Put off concerning the former conversation. That's how you lived your life. The old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on. So that's something else you're going to have to do. That's all part of endeavoring. you have going to have to put on, kind of like a coat. You can take it off, you can put one on. Uh, he says, Wherefore, putting away, and uh, put you on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, that means because of what I just said, putting away lion. Yeah, you're going to have to put it away. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Now here's our verse. Be angry. That's a command. Be angry. And sin not. And then he says, Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place, to the devil. Now that's important. We might talk about that here in a little bit. If I don't get to it and it fails me, that means that the devil gets a place if you allow anger to go too far. He gets a little place to work with. You don't want to ever give the devil an inch. You don't ever want to give him a spot in your life. He says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah, you can grieve him by inappropriate activity uh, at your actions, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption, now now he's going to get in here, and this is where I will draw from today. I believe he gives us different degrees of anger. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God. For Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come. We thank you now. Lord, help us today as we uh, deal with this giant or this issue of, of, of anger. And, and many times it becomes a giant. It seems to be something that we cannot uh, overcome. And help us now to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we've been called. That we need to endeavor uh, to keep the unity of the Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Now, I want to, by way of introduction, talk to you and say that the concept, there is a concept out there that Christians never have any problems. That's a myth. (laughs) Uh, uh, That that comes about when there's too much of that sugar, cotton candy preaching that everything's just peachy when you get saved. I got news for you. The Christian life can be hard, but it's a whole lot easier when you go through it with God by your side or you're with God by His side. Let me say it like that. But this concept that there are uh, no problems in the Christian life, as in once you get saved, you never, ever did with anger ever again. You never ever deal with addictions ever again. You would never ever 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 lie or get mad or do anything like that and that's hogwash. You still are living in this flesh. You're still living in this body. It's not been redeemed yet. God has not changed the body to a glorified body. You have the spirit of God down there. You've been born again but you've got to contend with the old man. He says you're going to have to put the th- thing off. And so sometimes we have to learn as children of God to deal with this thing. I call it a giant because it's hard to overcome. It's hard to get a grip on of anger. It's a real problem with today's Christians, and they need to be aware of it. Anger. Anger. Boy, I've seen a lot of anger these last nine years and let me, let me put it to you like this, by way of definition. Anger. It is an emotional agitation. That's anger. That's, that's in its first level when it first shows up. It's an emotional agitation that occurs when a need or an expectation has not been met. That's right. An expectation. You get cut off in traffic. You was expected to... Take that spot. You, I mean, after all, when we went through driver's ed, uh, we learned that for every 10 mile per hour of speed you're going down the road, you need to have a car length extra distance so you can safely stop. And you're going and driving down the road, and you're minding your business. You're running about 40 uh, miles an hour, 30, 40 miles an hour. And you've got about three, maybe three, maybe four car lengths between you and the car in front of you. And all of a sudden, somebody, you see them. They're coming. They're weaving in and out of traffic. You hear the big uh, boom box rattling inside the car. They're not paying attention. They just whip right over in front of you from two lanes over. And then all of a sudden, they decide that they want to hit the brakes, too. Kind of gets your dander up, don't it? Why? Because your expectation has not been met. You assumed that everybody was to obey the rules that they were taught when they got a driver's license. After all, they would not have passed the test had they failed to observe the rules of the road. But so often that doesn't happen. And so you get that emotional agitation because an expectation of everybody should keep the rules was not met. Anger. Now, I believe from the Word of God and however you want to study it, that anger is different by degrees. Of course, we talk about anger, the one I've been talking about, the agitation of the spirit or agitation of the soul. Now, that soul is where the seat of emotions are. And a lot of times, if you're If you're astute at looking at people, you could probably see that if you can read people because it's kind of hard to hide body language. You can see immediately that their soul is agitated. I see it a lot when I preach. I see it a lot when I when I preach, and I can read people. I can see down in there, and I can see what agitates and what doesn't agitate people. I can also gently sniff out a devil when one comes running around in, and generally I'll get to preaching out of the book, and that'll really agitate the demons. I seem to have a tendency to agitate the demons in people. Uh, and so anger, yeah, there's, there's a spirit to that. But that first degree of anger would be an emotional Agitation. You might have a smile on your face. I've learned this in these last nine years. Some people can be flat, angry with you, be smiling, laughing, they get funny. And the whole time they're really agitated. That's a hard one to read sometime. But then you have there in verse 31, you have the second level of anger, which I would call bitterness. And that's where that we get into that simmering, Indignation, and that's often perceived as being justified. You get bitter, and why? And what I'm saying about that, and the Bible is already saying, "Be angry, but sin not." By the time anger it transitions, like a transmission, from uh, an emotional agitation to the bitterness phase, that's where you begin to start thinking, thinking about it. You're like. Ugh. I've not, I've been uh, uh, done wrong. And you begin to simmer. Sometimes people get a little bitter uh, of the preaching or teaching and they'll sit and they'll simmer and they'll simmer and they'll begin to think about it and it'll agitate them. But that thing will go to a bitterness and they get like a little bitter. They'll get just a little sharp. But then we got that third level. Uh, Anger is like a fire. You've heard it referred to like a fire, a rage. Well, we get to that third level and it's called wrath right there. In verse 31, I believe it's in its right order, wrath. That's when it begins to burn and it starts seeking revenge you ever been mad and you're past agitation you're a little past bitterness and you begin to plot revenge like just wait the next time there's another round coming over that's wrath where you begin to seethe and you be, and it begins to burn and to well up in you and, and there it's 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 in that third stage this is a dangerous stage because now you begin to plot and seek for revenge but then he says anger again there in verse 31 so well why did he say that right because that's the fourth level there And it's called fiery anger. That's when you lose your common sense. And you become verbally abusive. You become verbally abusive. You don't care what others think about how you've been wrong. You don't care how you act. You really don't care. That's called Burning or a fiery anger. It will be verbally abusive. He says, "Clamoring that means a loud noise, raised voices. Generally, when people you can hear it, they begin to argue, or they, they're supposed to be in a dispute or or a uh, <laughs> a debate, and you can tell it. They'll begin to raise the voices. The voices raised. The voices raised. The voices raised. You say, "What is that?" Well, that's fiery anger. The voice, it's part of that psychology, that body language. You can't hide it. It's coming out from the soul. It's been simmering. It's been bubbling. It's past bitterness. It wants revenge. And now it begins to bubble over into foul language and loud voices. You say, man, you must be mad this morning. No. We're in the context of anger. Not in the context of preaching where the Bible commands us to lift up that voice like a trumpet. Not all loud voices are angry voices. But maybe you as the spouses, you get to having a little disagreement. And, and maybe it's past that emotional agitation. And then you've been, got a little bitter about it. And then uh, uh, you, you've kind of got a little raffle. You begin to plot maybe a little revenge. Well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to do this. Heard that stuff. They're at that third level, and but then all of a sudden it blows. whoop, like one of those relief valves on a pressure cooker back in the old days. And all of a sudden, words that you didn't know comes out of that individual's mouth. Maybe it's your spouse, you're like, "I cannot believe this. And, they, I mean, if they had something in their hand, they would end your life. That's fiery anger. Evil speaking, uh, it'll be cussing and swearing. But then we get to that last one—rage. Mm, rage. It all goes red. Anybody ever been there? Goes red. Yeah, red. Matter of fact, that's called a blazing anger. That's loss of self-control, extreme violence. Comes out of this. We call it berserker mode. Maybe even temporary insanity. You lose, you're past losing all self respect or common sense. You're into a seething rage and you're throwing things, breaking things, cussing, hollering, spitting, kicking. And maybe later you might not even remember what all you did in that fit of rage. That's, that's the wrong kind of anger. But it has five levels. Now, I have took the time to lay that out because anybody that deals with an anger issue, you need to be able to identify what level of anger you're in. Because the Bible commands us, be angry and sin not So you definitely don't want to get into that second and third level. And then he says, let not the sun go down on that anger. So he says, don't dwell on it. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So that's the different degrees of anger. But I want to give you my way of of explaining this. There is a righteous anger. So, not all anger is wrong. And see, that's the misconception today. People say, well, if any, if the, oh, the preacher got angry. You know, the preacher got angry with something. Well, yeah, if it's against the word of God, somebody trying to split the church, somebody trying to cause division, somebody spreading gossip, gossip, yeah, that would could, you could see righteous anger just like the Lord exhibited. There is a righteous anger it's unselfish though that means this is a sinless anger and it's a response to an offense that was committed against god that's why the lord got angry over there remember that other time in the temple where the lord that man come to him he had the withered hand and it was on the sabbath and the lord says you know is it good to do good or evil on the sabbath day and they were mad and he looked at them because he knew their heart. They didn't want him to heal that man on the Sabbath day. And the Bible clearly says that he had indignation within himself. He was angry because here they were. They were so concerned about that. That uh, uh, not It wasn't the law of Moses. It was things that they had made up, their preference, their preference to God's law. And he was getting ready to violate that. They thought that was a great sin. And he, he healed the man anyway. But the Bible says he had indignation. say, well, I didn't think Christ ever sinned. He didn't. So there is a righteous anger. And it is in the realm of an unselfish anger. It means you get mad when God's law or God's rights have been violated. You might get upset when God is ashamed. God says he gets ashamed. Some of his children sometime over there in Hebrews, I preached a message on that when God's ashamed. Nobody ever wants to talk about that. But righteous anger does not hold a grudge. Sorry, grudge holders. Righteous anger, it has a purpose. Anger without a purpose is a temper tantrum. That's what that is. I've seen a few in my day. But anger with no purpose... Is a tantrum. That's what that is—a temper tantrum. Uh, little little toddlers are notorious for that. They'll throw a temper tantrum where they are in a rage. They might—you might see them bite, kick, punch, spit—and if you're a parent. I would not ever allow that to go on. It might go on once, but it should not go on after. And why is you've got to teach that child how to control that emotional response and that it is improper behavior because if you don't get a grip on it before they're four, they're gonna, have, they're gonna be abusive in their social uh, development and their social relationships later in life. There's a lot of spousal abuse that is caused or happens because mommies and daddies will not do their job in the home and teach or discipline, as the Bible says, their children how to control their emotions. Anger is an emotion. And like I said, not all anger is wrong. Anger, look at anger as a temperature gauge on your vehicle that you drive or a check engine light. Anger, We were made with it. God put it there. It's part of our soul and our emotions, but it's to move us to the right kind of action. It's never an excuse for the wrong sort of action. So righteous anger does not hold a grudge. Righteous anger has a purpose. Righteous anger, that's what Christ showed there in John chapter 2. And you'll find four things there when he said that he had indignation. One, he had a purpose. Two, he had focus. Three, he had a direction. And three, it had an ending. He didn't stay mad forever. People mad, they get mad. I've known people to be mad over an issue for over 20 years. That's the wrong kind of anger. You got issues. You need to deal with that. You need to be able to identify it, know what level of anger you're at, and then be able to neutralize it. So that's righteous anger. How do we handle anger, the giant of anger? All right, you got me convinced. I have good anger. There's good anger. God commands us to be angry, but sin not. And so there's a righteous anger. It's okay for the man of God to get mad at the sin going on in this world. It would be okay for the man of God to get in the pulpit and to rebuke. The Bible says rebuke, and he says exhort. He says reprove. Some people might go astray. They might be trying to do something wrong, and they're to be reproved and rebuked. There is a time and a place for righteous anger. When God's rights, when the Bible's being violated, but it should have... A purpose, a focus, a direction, but then an ending. You don't stay mad. Then you handle anger. Before you can handle anger, you're going to have to identify the source of anger. Now, he said there, I want to say in verse 31, he says, put away. He talks about this anger, then he says, put it away. Now, (laughs) let me use this illustration. At home. Before you can clean the house, you got to identify the pieces that are not in their proper place. Right? So you got to identify the source of the mess. Right? I mean, clean dishes are not a source of the mess unless they're not put away. So we got to begin to identify the sources of anger. Number one, let me give you some sources hurt, it's a trigger. These are triggers. These are what will trigger the wrong kind of anger. You need to know them. And why is you need to know something about yourself. Number one hurt. If someone gets hurt, I don't mean they smash their finger. Now, you might have anger out there. I'm talking about an emotional hurt, I'm talking about pain. Uh, the heart has been wounded. Maybe the pain of rejection or the pain of expectation has not been met. If you've ever been with me in, in marriage counseling, I will ask you somewhere in the course of that session and, or the sessions, is what are your expectations in this marriage? I find more often than not people don't have, it, they, they, they don't, they don't have an answer for that. You want to know what? That's a source of anger in your marriage. You need to learn how to identify the source or the triggers of anger and hurt. You get hurt feelings when you have somebody, namely a spouse, maybe a friend, that does something that you didn't expect or they hurt you emotionally. Now, the Bible commands us as husbands not to be bitter against our wives. That's that second level of anger, not to sit there and seethe and see. We as human beings, we don't like to communicate verbally. We wait until we're at the rage stage and all of a sudden we're throwing, we're kicking, beating holes in the wall, uh, beating beating things down with a sledgehammer and just coming unglued and then all of a sudden it's... Blah, 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 and you're like, oh my soul, what happened? Well, you miss the triggers. You missed the different levels. Hurt is a trigger. As in you've been wounded. There's been an emotional pain caused you... Maybe because your spouse did not do something you expect them to do. Uh, and a lot of times, and I deal with this in marriage and divorce couples. And, and I was talking about this with, with a friend of mine, and he says, what is this that when an individual, they get divorced, all of a sudden, they're better friends with the ex-spouse than they ever have been? And he says, uh-uh, that can be a source of anger in your spouse, current spouse, And it's a trigger because they're hurt. It hurts. That hurts. Say, well, I'm just good friends with him. We're friends. Hogwash. Hogwash. You are a problem. You are a trigger. You need to get a grip on that. You're causing hurt. That's a trigger. Learn how to identify, especially you spouses. Now, I'm going to spend May and June on the home. I almost preached the first message this morning. On, and the first message that's going to trigger that off is what does I do mean? We're going to get into that. But anger, first level of anger, our trigger hurt. Two, injustice. Injustice. This is a dangerous one because every individual has a moral code that they're going to go by. And let me put it to you like this I was in a seminar on church safety. And uh, they're, they're learning uh, that a lot of these shootings that are going on in churches and places have come from that person having felt like they had been disrespected. That's dangerous. It's a motivator. It's a trigger. It can trigger anger, injustice. They have a moral code. Every individual has a moral code. And if you cross that... Or violate, you feel like you've been disrespected. Your rights have been violated. Uh and there's been an unfairness done to you or yours. I, I parents will exhibit this. Uh they'll say whatever they want about other people's kids, but don't you dare say nothing about theirs. Because they feel it's an injustice, it's not fair it's a source it's a source of anger it's a trigger it can trigger an anger response in an individual where it can go from an agitated emotion to a rage real quick injustice how about fear 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 is a trigger it's a source it's a trigger your future is threatened people do all sorts of things when they're afraid some people you got a what they call a flight or fight mode already hardwired into you as part of the natural man. You either going to stand and fight when you're afraid. Fear is just something that motivates you to take a stand or you're going to run. Run! I know some of you you don't run. You don't care how afraid you are, gins like that. <laughs> Shin doesn't run when she gets afraid. Oh. But see, fear, a person's uh, natural defense mechanism kicks in if they're afraid. People do different things when they're afraid. Generally, when I get afraid, I get real funny. Just funny. It comes out through me funny. I become a comedian. Now, I don't generally run. At least I don't remember running. But I might get funny, real funny. You see me get real funny, look out. <laughs> you see me get real quiet, I might be past the funny stage. Then all of a sudden I'm going to take it serious. But fear is a trigger to anger. Now I'll give you another one, frustration. This gets a lot of people. And why is because your effort is unsuccessful and you feel embarrassed. You ever see people and they get embarrassed? And they get frustrated and they get angry. Man, they come unglued because they feel like they've been embarrassed. That's a trigger. And as an individual, if you're going to handle your anger, this giant, you gotta understand the triggers to it. So you got hurt, you got injustice, you got fear, and you got frustration. Hurt is 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 the number one, especially when you're in a relationship and a marriage. And that's between one man, one woman. All right? And, but you get hurt feelings over something. Like, maybe Jen might not have cooked something that I wanted. Or generally, if I go on a diet kick, she takes that thing literally. I mean it more figuratively than literal. And so, Jen's ideal of a salad is lettuce with a couple stripes of carrots slammed in a bowl. What dressing do you want? Ranch or French? I really don't want anything right now. I get hurt feelings over that. My ideal of a salad is the salad you get at Green Tomato, the chef's salad. You ever had one of them? Mmm, now that's a salad. I say I'm going to eat a salad that's kind of what I'm meaning. You can get hurt feelings over that. I really think sometimes and, and we're having fun with this But I'm going to tell you something just as simple as that And you ask Jen but not right now That has triggered anger in me Oh I've gotten angry Because I come home at 12 I eat at 12 It's when I eat 12 what are we eating what's cooked I'm, I'm, I'm not smelling nothing as I come through the door I don't know See Jen's the kind of person She just eats to live I live to eat And I get angry now, instead of going explosive, I've done that, uh, I might just turn around, get back in the truck, and I go to calm that anger to buffet. <laughs> you see, I've had a number of them. <laughs> That's hurt. That's, that, that triggers an anger response. It's not right. It's not righteous anger. After all, I probably said at breakfast time, and this is how I determine what I want to eat. She'll say, what do you want for breakfast? That depends on what we're eating for lunch. If I'm eating celery sticks for lunch, then I want a big breakfast. Eggs, bacon, biscuits, gravy, sausage, whatever else you got, throw it on there. And then we'll do celery sticks for lunch. Or if I'm feeling brave, what are we having for supper? And the desired response is she's got this thing all planned out. She's going to really help, look out, and, and, and prepare things that taste awesome but are very low calorie. But when I get that, I don't know, oh, you know, oh, I get past agitated spirit. <laughs> and I immediately get into bitterness. And then I seek revenge. Why are you hungry? <laughs> you see? How simple that starts So learn to identify your triggers Because you got to <laughs> Anymore Because I know myself When I get that response She doesn't mean it to make me angry That was the right response I'm taking it the wrong way And so I know that's a trigger Hurt Oh yeah You can hurt me bad with food You know, oh, It's almost unforgivable <laughs> Food It's terrible ain't it We all got our little issues don't we food's one of mine. I like food. Now, how do we handle anger? Mm, mm, mm. Well, number one, verse 26 says, don't nurse it. You ever been around these people? They get a Pepsi with ice in it and they'll nurse that thing all day. It annoys me. That annoys me. You want to drink a Pepsi, drink a Pepsi. They got it for two days. It's still got ice in it. Gins like that Man alive Uh, uh, Give me that thing Get rid of that (laughs) Don't nurse it Anger don't nurse it What he's saying is don't dwell on it Verse 31 says Put it away Deal with it immediately You've been triggered Either you were hurt Either you're afraid Either you felt like you've been done an injustice Oh yeah big time (laughs) Big time Especially when I'm on a diet I don't even want to hear veggies on a diet. Just, just put them on the plate. Make them look good. I don't want to talk about it. Because I feel like I've been done an injustice. Now, got to put it away. Acknowledge your anger. Begin to assess the triggers. I know I'm in the right area this morning Y'all are getting quiet on me You're like oh yeah where, where are we going with Yeah help me with this Yeah, we, We've we all I think had issues with anger in our lives I did big time when I was younger Oh yeah And maybe because I'm fat and happy now I don't quite get so angry Like I used to I don't know Maybe I've just learned how to diffuse it Because I've learned What triggers it Like lettuce <laughs> Straight up <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna make you a salad. Lettuce. That's all. Where's the cheese? Where's the tomato? Where's the bacon bits? Where's the ham? What do you mean? This is a salad. This ain't salad. Put this on hamburger. <laughs> you gotta learn what trigger. Assess the trigger. It's coming either from. It's being triggered because you got hurt feelings. Two, you felt like you've been done an in injustice. Uh, three, maybe fear. Somebody's made you afraid. I was taught this uh, when, I, when I worked in, in the union. You never threaten a man's paycheck. There's a couple things you never do to a man, a family man. You never threaten his family, and you never threaten his paycheck, his source of income. It's just rules you live by. You do not threaten him. I had a, I had a, I had a builder threaten my livelihood once, my paycheck That didn't end so well. You don't do that. It was Christmas. Christmas depended on that money. I had a crew of men to run. Then they weren't going to have paychecks. All because this man's holding that job up. And It was winter and we only had a few good days. Oh, I took it wrong. Injustice and then fear. Both were triggers. You got to know that. Assess it. Frustration. Abandon, learn how to abandon your demands, especially if they're selfish. Instead, begin to listen to others. And instead of demanding that others meet your needs for love, significance, and security, because that's generally (laughs) what happens, and you can ask Jen, I'll always say, I don't think you love me, else I wouldn't get lettuce. (laughs) You got to learn how to assess that and begin to abandon that. And then to look to the Lord to fill those needs. He doesn't fix salads any differently either. (laughs) Oh. But you need to learn how to alter your attitude. Look at verse 32 with me. And be a kind one to another. Oof tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You're going to have to alter that attitude. That's talking about putting on the new man. This is where we get into that endeavoring, where he says endeavoring to keep the unity. It's hard. (laughs) Remember I preach: life is hard. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Marriage is really hard. (laughs) You can choose your heart. You can choose your hard. Both are hard. He said, well, mine's great. Well, well, I didn't say it wasn't good. I'm just, sometimes there's some hard times. Like with salad. <laughs> okay, I've, run, I've, I've rode the salad thing too long. Okay, all right, I'll move on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to trigger anger in her here in a minute. <laughs> no. But learn Endeavor to keep, adopt the mind of Christ. Remember, lowliness, lowliness. Meekness, do not think of yourself first. Oh, that's our problem. Well, yeah, that's what triggered my hurt feelings. What's for lunch for me? And I had a different expectation than she did. Yeah, she says, well, you were on a diet. I didn't want to do nothing to hurt that. So you get salad, boiled eggs. And now my expectations have not been met. And now I'm angry. You've got to learn. And you say, no, no, that's wrong. Adopt the mind. Need to have some meekness. Don't think of yourself first. Need to be long-suffering. Consider the other person's interest. Then you've got to forbear one another. Look for opportunities to display a servant's heart. Speak and act with a humble spirit. You want to know why? Only by pride cometh contention. Mm. There's one thing I know if if I'm dealing with a situation where there's a lot of anger in. One of the two parties has pride, maybe both. There's one thing I know I can be assured of if I'm, I'm dealing with church problems or hear of a church having major anger issues, division, is only by pride cometh contention. Somebody's full of themselves and what they think is right, and they've been done an injustice. Let me tell you, but let me give you a tidbit. You can take the time to read Philippians chapter 2, and we need to endeavor to have the mind of Christ. We need to be meek and of a servant's heart. That's what, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to love others, and he says, esteem others better than ourselves, oh my soul. Yeah, anger's a big giant, And it's ruined and destroyed many a people and their relationships and churches. Oh, it's wicked. Let me help you by way of closing, because only by pride cometh contention. Now, one of the ways, being I had had trouble with anger when I was a lot younger, and when I mean that unrighteous anger, is learn once you've been triggered, like hurt feelings, you get hurt because your spouse or, or your friend, they did something that kind of, you, 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 it hurt you. It hurt you. Now, whether you're right or justified in that hurt or not, that's when you begin to communicate. Don't go to bitterness. You say, what's bitterness? I ain't talking to you. That's bitterness you're going to escalate somebody to the level two of anger and level three. Don't shut down. When you shut down, you're seething and you're nursing your anger and you become bitter and it begins to grow like a cancer. And all of a sudden, it'll come boiling out as a rage. You'll say things you never should have said. You'll do things you never thought possible that you would do. And there'll be things that you do or say that you won't even remember. Learn how to assess it, identify it, and untrigger it. Communication Honest communication esteeming others better than yourself. You're going to have to communicate with that person that's hurt you. That's why the Bible says when you take care of these kind of problems, you go to individual, the person that has offended you. You feel like you've been done an injustice, and you try to work that thing out. You communicate that. Don't let them, I don't read minds, and neither do you. People are not mind readers. Learn what your triggers are. Hurt, injustice, fear, frustration. And learn that Whatever triggers it You diffuse it right there Because the Bible commands us And sin not You get to the part where you're spewing dirty language And you're beating things down And busting walls You're you're sinning Straight up sin, it's wrong If you abandon When you clam up into bitterness It's sin Sin Spouses, the worst thing you can ever do Is to not talk to each other, even when you're angered. Learn what triggers it. Learn how to diffuse it. Learn how to talk and communicate like, I, that hurt my feelings. That other individual might not know they'd done that. Learn what it is because there's an unrighteous anger. It's a giant And it's brought many people down. It's brought a lot of pastors down. Unrighteous anger. There's a righteous anger, but then there's an unrighteous anger. You don't want the sun to go down on any anger. It has to have an ending. It has to have purpose. It has to have a direction. It's okay to get angry when the word of God has been violated, God's law, or God has been violated. Sometimes when people take God's name in vain, It upsets me. That's my God you're talking about there. It it can make you angry. Righteous anger. But it's no excuse to sin. Let's all